2 Samuel chapter number 11. We'll begin reading in verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. Bible said it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rebbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. And when it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of of the king's house and from the roof he saw a woman washing herself and the woman was very beautiful to look upon David sent and inquired after the woman and one said is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam the wife of Uriah the Hittite and David sent messengers and took her she came in unto him and he lay with her for she was purified from for, from her uncleanness and she returned unto her house and the woman conceived and sent and told David he said, I am with child. And David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. And when Uriah was come unto him, David demanded of him how Joab did, and how the people did, and how the war prospered. And David said unto Uriah, Go down to thy house, and wash thy feet. And Uriah departed out of the king's house, and there followed him a mess of meat from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his Lord, and went not down uh, to his house. And when they told David, saying, Uriah went not down unto his house, David said unto Uriah, Camest thou not from thy journey? Why then didst thou not go down unto thine house? And Uriah said unto David, The ark and Israel and Judah abide in tents. My Lord, Joab, and his servants of my Lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go into mine house to eat and to drink and allow with my wife as thou livest? And as thy soul liveth, I will not do this thing. David said to Uriah, tarry here today also, and tomorrow I will let thee depart. So Uriah abode in Jerusalem that day and, and tomorrow. And when David had called him, he did eat and drink before him, and he made him drunk. And at even he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but went not down to his house. It came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter saying, Set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, and retire ye from him, that he may be smitten and die. It came to pass when Joab observed the city that he assigned Uriah into a place where he knew that uh, valiant men were. And the men of the city went down and fought with Joab, and there fell some of the people, the servants of David. And Uriah the Hittite died. Also, that's all we'll read this morning for sake of time. I have begun to study the life of David. I preached on, on him many times, and you've heard lots of preaching on, on David. Uh, but one thing that God really pointed out in my heart as I was reading and studying the life of David was that up to this point from 1 Samuel chapter number 16, all the way to 2 Samuel chapter number 11. Now, we understand David was not Jesus, so therefore he had imperfections, but I can't find one recorded from 1 Samuel chapter 16 when he shows up. He's picked by Samuel to be the next king of Israel. That's the one God put his hand on. All the way to 2 Samuel chapter number 11, I can't find anything that would 
put a black spot on David's resume. I, I can't find anything that would hurt his testimony. Now, there might have been some things, but God did not put it in his word. All we see from David is good. All the way from his appearing to this moment. But the Bible says this in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse number 1. The Bible said it came to pass after the year was expired. That's kind of where we're at right now, ain't it? After the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle. Now look in verse number 2. And it came to pass in an evening. Does everybody see that? In an evening time. One evening time. One uh, time of year. I mean the whole years went by. And now it's a new time. It's a new day. It's a new hour. But it's one moment. This is one moment. In the life of David. And so if I could. That's what I'm preaching on this morning. Is the magnitude of a moment. May I say my friend. As we look over the life of David. We find that it is here to me. the sad, One of the saddest examples. Of what sin can cause. In the lives of those who submit themselves to it. Uh, can I say this this morning. It is here where we've read about a king. We've read about a shepherd. Boy, we've read about a giant killer. David is the great psalmist, and the Bible says that David is even a man after God's own heart. Yet, this man, despite being a man after God's own heart, a giant killer, a shepherd, and a king, falls into the snares of both self pleasure and sin. Now, you need to hear me this morning. I've said it a hundred times, and I say it again all sin problems stem from self problems. Amen. What I mean by that is this. You'll get into sin when you want to please yourself. Can anybody say amen right there? Uh, sin and self hold hands. David uh, writes through, through the book of Psalms. David records in Psalm 8510 that mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. But may I say, just as much as mercy and grace and truth and uh, righteousness and peace are met together, self and sin are united together. Look up here and listen to me. I'm helping us set the tone for the whole year. From the youngest to the oldest. Listen to me. The, on, the, the only way you're ever going to conquer your sin is to deal with your rotten self. Help me somebody. We, hey, we have problems in this self. And if you don't deal with self, you'll never stop sinning. Sin and self always hold hands. Can I say this morning? It only takes a split second. If you're writing notes, I'd write this down. It only takes a split second to sow a seed of sin. It only takes a split second to sow a seed of sin. But often, it takes a lifetime to reap its consequences. It only takes a moment, just a second, to sow a seed of sin. But often, it takes an entire lifetime 
lifetime to reap its consequences. Now, there's some of you sitting here today that have things in your life and uh, things you have to deal with and it's all a product of one moment. It wasn't your lifestyle. That wasn't how you were. It wasn't who you were. But you had a bad moment. You had a split second where a seed of sin was sown because you did not deal with self-pleasure. You would not address what you wanted to do and you followed through with self-pleasure, the end result being sin. And now here you are all these years later still dealing with a consequence of something you did in one moment. Y'all with me? You realize there's people in jail, in prison this morning for murder that had never drank in their lives. But the first time they did, they thought they'd be all right to drive down the road and they wrecked and hit somebody and killed them. One moment. One moment. I'm going to start this sermon off with a story. And it's a true story. I asked for permission to tell this story. Because it's something I didn't want to tell. I'm not going to name names, but it's something I didn't want to tell without permission. This is a true story. There was a young couple. And they were about the same age as Isaac and Mariah. Young, early 20s. They were Christians. Saved. Both were pure. Both were still virgins. Neither one had defiled themselves with anyone, had slept around, done nothing of that sort. And and uh, they, they were raised right. Well, they, they got up there twice time to get married. And so uh, the groom, the, the soon-to-be groom, he, he had a bachelor party. And at this bachelor party, he apparently ran with some boys that weren't Christians and weren't raised the way he was. And they were at the bachelor party. This is a true story. And all of a sudden, a woman walks in. They brought a woman to the bachelor party. Now, this man, he's never known a woman. But, as the story goes, being a true story, somehow or another, this enticement enticed him a little too much. And he ended up sleeping with that woman before he got married. True story. Well, he felt like a dog. But he prayed, Lord, forgive me, I'll never do it again, I'm fixing to get married. And so he got married. Well, of course, he never tells. He must have some pretty loyal friends because they never told and so years go by, he's married to his wife, and his wife thought she had married a pure man, and, and they shared that special moment together, but it was really only that special for her. And so the story goes on, several years go by, and all of a sudden they get the greatest news that one can get. They're expecting a baby. They can't wait to have this little newborn baby, and uh, the, the, the story goes that they uh, go to the doctor, and they, they begin to... Uh, go like you do. It starts with a heartbeat, and then you get to see uh, the ultrasound. And then once you get real far along, they can start noticing things, seeing things. They run tests. They find things. And they told the parents from the womb, somehow or another, it's above my pay grade, but uh, they said, Sir and ma'am, we need to talk to you about something concerning your child. They said, Okay. Is everything okay? And they said, Well, the baby's healthy, but there is there is a, a potential issue. I said, okay, doctor, what is that? They said, well, it appears to us that this child may be born blind. He said, our, 
That's impossible. How in the world can I, nobody in our family is blind. We, we, we don't know anybody's blind. I mean, that, how is our baby blind? So well, we, we don't know exactly, but it looks that way. So they begin to pray and trust the Lord. Well, our baby is surely God. Our baby won't be blind. But sure enough, nine months go by and that baby is delivered and it's blind. And uh, the doctor said, your baby's blind and we're going to run some tests. Try to figure out what, what's the reason. They came back into the room. I don't know. Days went by, weeks, months. I'm not sure, but time had went by. And they talked to the mother and father and said, "Well, we we, we need to let y'all know some things. You might want to sit down. We need to let you know what we have found." So okay, and he said, "Unfortunately, mom and dad, this this little baby girl is born blind as a direct result of a certain kind of STD." And it, it has the potential, if you're a carrier, to produce blindness. And I don't know exactly which one that was, but this is a true story. And immediately, immediately, Mama stood up and said, it's impossible. We were both clean. We had never, we were both virgins. When we got married, we had never slept with anyone. That, 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 you're wrong. That's not, that's not right. You're wrong because there's no way. And all of a sudden, the atmosphere changed. My husband buries his face begins to weep and cry. And he had to explain to his wife he thought he was pure because he had been pure his whole life, but he had a moment. One moment. And now his daughter is going to go through life blind because of one moment. Somehow or another, by the grace of God, they worked through that and she didn't leave him or nothing. They stayed together and her little girl was blind. Her fourth birthday rolls around. True story. They're having a birthday party for her in the house, and friends and family come over. People from church have came over, and they're opening gifts. And she'd open a gift, and and she'd feel. She say, "It feels like a doll. What, what's it, what's it look like?" And she said, "Well, that's a beautiful little baby doll with blonde hair and blue eyes." She said, "Oh, it's so pretty. I wish I could see it." She'd open another gift and say, Daddy, what, what is this exactly? He would explain to her whatever the gift was. And they couldn't help but sit there in pain and agony that this little girl was going to live her life blind because of a moment that her father had. This is true story that's really happened. The story goes that after everyone had been there, open gifts and shared cake and all that you do. That little girl came into her daddy and said, Daddy, I want to ask you something. He said, Sure, honey, anything. She said, Why would God make me blind? It's a true story. He explained to her that it wasn't God's fault, but it's his fault. He said, honey, I'm responsible. It's my fault that you're blind. He didn't go into detail. She was four years old. But true story. Now listen, hold on to this. He got done talking with his little girl. Walked in the kitchen, told his wife he loved her. Walked upstairs into a bathroom. Took his own life. Now listen to me. Over one moment. That baby... Still alive, that, that little girl's 
alive today, blind, without a daddy. Not because of a lifetime. Is everybody listening? This man had lived a good, clean life, Brother Sean. But he had one bad moment. David is a good man. Y'all feeling what I'm trying to tell you? David's a good Christian man. He's a man after God's own heart. But he had a moment. You do everything this year the right way. Are you listening? We have a good year. But you can throw it all away. That's one moment. You know what I want to challenge Stillwater Baptist Church to do this morning? I'm going to give you the charge and we're going to be done. As far as I'm going, I'll give you the points later tonight. You know what I'm going to challenge you to do this year? Quit looking. Everybody wants to make New Year resolutions. They're making goals for the year. Don't do that. Some of you have already done that. You're going to break them before the month's up. Don't do that. Here's what goal I want each of you to set and meet. And that is to each and every day, step by step, hour by hour, minute by minute, evaluate your because it's your moments it's your moments that really in the end dictate how things end up because David I ain't got time to walk you through if he's here Wednesday night we read about it about an hour we just read all of David's accomplishments I mean every war brother Carlos every war the man walked into they just fall over dead everything he touched turned to gold they tried, when David was out fighting, they, uh, the children of Adam come in and the Amalekites, and they, 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 they took all their goods, they took their wives, their children, their, their, their goats, and their sheep, they took it all. David walks down into town, not only does he get kill them and retaliate, but he gets, the Bible said he lose nothing. He gathered all, he brought it all back. Success after success after success. Saul, a man who tried to kill David, multiple times. David never one time cast him out. Right. Not one time did David ever retaliate. David showed him grace and mercy to a man that didn't deserve it. I mean, David is a good, godly man. But he had a moment. We ain't got time to look at it all. But you know what happens later on in David's life? We read in the story. Because of this moment, Bathsheba conceives they have a son. He kills Uriah the Hittite, puts him in the hottest battle. And you know what David has to do because of his moment? He has to lay his son in the ground. That little baby died because of his moment. A man lost his life because of a moment. A mother lost her child and her husband, whom she loved. Hello. I, she been, she shouldn't have done that. He was the king. I'm not making excuses, but it's pretty much she did it or she'd been in the ground. Because David's frame of mind, I believe that's what would have happened. All stemming from one moment. You know what some of you are sitting here today? And you are so overwhelmed in, 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 in the repercussions of sin. And it's not because you're a terrible person. Right. Come on. Sure. 
It's not, it's not because you're just a loony tune psychopath. It's because you had a moment. Right. And you're still dealing with it. Uh, and unfortunately, guess what? Things in my life I'm going to deal with until the day they put me in the ground because of a moment. Matter of fact, there's things right now in my mind I can go, I can take you to places and show you exactly, I know exactly where my moments were. I know exactly where they were. Know exactly what I was doing, where I was, where I was in my mind, what I was thinking, and you know who I was pleasing in all my moments? Me. Yeah. And I have scars, and there's people in my family that have to deal with things that are not necessarily enjoyable. They're my fault. Everybody okay? And there's people that love you that are hurting and have to deal with things. In the back of their mind, they may not ever say it. They may not ever talk about it. But they're scarred mentally and physically and emotionally and spiritually because of your moment. So how about the 2023? We quit saying, well, I hope to lose 70 pounds by the end of the year. And just get real. Evaluate your moments. Tomorrow at work, ladies, that man that's been making a pass at you, you need to deal with that in the moment. Right. You need to quit. You need to quit flattering over him and bugging your eyes at him. You've not done nothing yet, Amen. sir. Hello, my yes. Amen. Why are you doing that kind of sin? Well, that's a sin in our text. Yeah, yeah. And it's a very prominent sin. Amen. Like it, lump it, or bump it, we all deal with. Yeah. Yes. You can die on me right there if you want to. I care less. It's in everybody's flesh in here. Everybody's flesh in here looks at somebody else's husband and says, I wish mine was like that in that area. Or when that man compliments you, my husband, he don't know tell me how to Vice versa. Come on, somebody. Your flesh is drawn in those ways if you're not careful. It's just going to take one moment. Amen. Yeah. Right. Teenagers, if you're in high school, middle school, all it takes is one moment. Yeah. One moment. <coughs> one party. Never been. What part to go through? All it takes is one. Yeah. Right. That's right. Just takes one drink. Just takes one smoke. One puff. Just takes, just takes one feel. Y'all with me? Just a moment. You know what people remember David by? Two things. If I were to go around eating church in America and say, give me, give me five things about David, most people couldn't give me five, but they'd give me two. You know what they'd say? He killed a giant, and he, he killed that innocent man, slept with a wife and friend. You're right, and Bathsheba, that's yeah, that's it. If I tell you, you can live a real good life and have a bad moment, guess what people going to say about you when they put you in the ground? So you know what we should do? Evaluate our moments. You know what the devil wants to do? He don't want your whole life. He just wants to get you tied up in a moment. Because if he can get you in a moment, he doesn't touch your whole life. You're going to suffer. Listen, there's, there's things about me 
I don't necessarily, you know, it don't matter if I agree, disagree, none of that even matters. There's things about me that I'll never be able to reach people. I'll never be able to reach them because of the mom. That's that man, right? It's just the truth. Yeah. They ain't gonna listen to a thing or word I got to say because right. they know about my mama. Yeah. Come on. Right. They know about my mama. So in twenty twenty three, instead of setting all these big long term goals, why don't why don't we make each day set a goal for that day? Yeah. I'm gonna evaluate my mom. Yeah. David has a great resume, but he has one bad moment. And I'm going to explain to you tonight and throughout the next couple of services what leads us to these moments. There is, a, there is a reason that David is in this moment. Hello? Don't die on me about that. These moments don't just creep up on us. Okay? There's steps that were taken. There's things that should have started and there's things that should have stopped in order to Eliminate this moment from ever happening. We'll try to look at that thing. Let's say, Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege that it is to preach the Word of God. I've obeyed, I've obeyed you and done what you told me to do and said what you told me to say, and we'll continue on tonight by your help, by your grace. Bless this invitation in Jesus' name. Amen.